Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the QAD Customer Podcast. We are excited to have you join us for today's interview with Anthony. This episode is part of a series of interviews with QAD users. Our podcast is presented by PixDocLib, a longtime partner of QAD, providing automation software for the back office. Be sure to check out our webinar series on doclibwebinar.com. As I mentioned earlier, today's guest is Anthony Johnson. He is a part of Filtration Group, who has been a longtime customer of both QAD and DocLive. Anthony is a controller at Filtration Group and has been primarily responsible for the rollout of the Shared Service Center for their accounting department. This interview will primarily focus on the successes they have experienced with the Shared Service Center, and I'm excited for you to learn from Anthony's experiences. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. I'm here with Anthony from Filtration Group, and we are going to go through some of the some of the various things that Anthony has learned in his various roles in finance and walk through a couple of the uh, tactics and philosophies that he's been able to glean around best practices. So thank you, Anthony, for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. To get us started, would you mind giving us a quick background on yourself, sharing a little bit of a history and kind of what your role is there at Filtration Group? So first of all, I started with Filtration Group about four years ago, uh, July 2016. I started out as a multi-site controller within their HVAC uh, division. We were using, you know, ERP system of QAD. And at that time, it was a very manual process of processing accounts payable. There was no really automation in it except for AP clerks were receiving emails of invoices that in turn they were printing out and filing away in folders to file away again and filing cabinets later on or attach it to check vouchers. Around 2017 time, April, May, we went down the path of starting with DocLive and Artsil to automate the AP system. And then in August 2017, we went live with it. So you're the multiple site controller. What, what what was kind of the next step for you there at Filtration Group? So I'm still uh, still have my multi-site controller duties, but I am a shared services manager uh, for North America. And then you've had kind of a variety of experiences, you know, using multiple ERP platforms, a couple at Filtration Group, you know, and, and understanding how to kind of integrate those into a shared service model, like you had mentioned. Can you kind of give us a rundown of what you've seen to be successful kind of in using ERP in general? And, and you know, what, what I know your, your company in particular is at a certain level of growth and, and uh, size, but what, what have you seen as successful when implementing an ERP and using an ERP for your manufacturing? So being successful, it's for me, it was always when I seen ERPs or worked with them or seen them being implemented, it was always utilizing the ERP system for everything that it could offer for you. And prior to, you know, having an ERP implemented, um, not making changes to that core system or the coding to make it work for you, but to change your habits to working for the ERP and just mm-hmm. getting the data in and getting the data out. So it's kind of like managing the the business process instead of adapting the ERP to your process. Correct. Absolutely. I, I 
I feel that when we start adapting the ERP to what we want, we lose the functionality in some of the areas for it. You, you have a you have a team there in place and you, you've kind of integrated multiple people, different companies into your team. How have you seen sort of the, the differences in philosophy working, even working with more than one person? You always have kind of a different differing opinions around how business process should work. So how have you managed that, you know, as, as kind of a, a leader in the finance team there at Filtration Group? What's happening here at the, at the Shared Services is we're bringing in multiple business units from around the U.S. We actually have a couple international locations at the time as well. And so what we do is is that we we go with the best practices, the best processes that we have for the team. You know, every ERP system is different. The functionality is different. Here in Shared Services, we have multiple ERP systems, something as robust as QAD and Oracle, down to an old peach tree to an old AS400 i5 system that, you know, is really no functionality in the real world anymore. So what we try to do here is, is we develop processes and we go to one of our business units, which typically has been HVAC for us. And we say that, you know, they're the gold standard. How can we take the processes that we do for this business unit and incorporate it to the other business units and then play to the strengths of the individuals and the shared services to work within those ERP systems? That's great. So what what have you transformed in, in some of your various businesses? Like what, anything in particular that kind of sticks out? It's like, hey, we really need to kind of transform this part of the process to kind of enable a shared service model. So most of the time that what happens is, is we tend to become more electronic with our paperwork. When we first take over a lot of our business units, you know, it's, it's a lot of mail, a lot of manual. We tend to implement uh, generic email addresses within the corporation, you know, whether it's an AP or an AR with the business name. And then we gear everybody to those email addresses so they can, you know, email their remittances to us on the AR side, or they can email their inquiries or invoices on the AP side. Mm. So we first work with utilizing that electronic format to get rid of the paperwork flow that has to happen. Um, Case in point, you know, with uh, COVID happening right now, my whole team has been working remotely. So I'm the only one in the office and I've been opening, you know, 400 pieces of mail a week right now because some of my business units are still on a manual. Yes, they're still on a manual process. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's, that's that's fun. (laughs) Bringing you back to like the mail room days, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I have to open, sort, all that because it's all me here. There's nobody else. So. (laughs) Wow. One man team. We've mentioned shared service a little bit. Could you bring, you know, I don't know if some of our listeners who may have been working in in one company, you know, may not necessarily be familiar with what that exactly means. So could you just break that down for us a little bit on what you mean by like a shared service model for your company? So what we did was we we took multiple business units of the company from around the United States, a couple international locations, and we take the accounting transactional aspect out of the business and move it into the shared services department. So we move in, you know, journal entries, month and close, AP, AR, you know, analysis, some some analysis for some of the work we're doing. And we work with, you know, the corporate entity for standard monthly entries. And we handle all of the reporting to the corporation. And that's pretty much where we stop at that point. The corporation takes over and finishes off all the reporting. So we, hmm. we bring in all these accounting transactions and we, through 
employee bandwidth here or maybe having to get another employee, we play to the strengths of all of the team members mm-hmm. and we parse out different aspects of the job to different team members. Okay. So you kind of, it's kind of almost like a line on the production floor there. You've got everybody kind of has their, the, their part that they operate in, and then you're able to uh, enable that economies of scale by, you know, adding in multiple volumes or, you know, new businesses, things along those lines. Correct. What made you think about implementing a shared service model and like what kind of, what, what aspect of your business made that kind of make sense? Well, for me, I don't have that answer. Um, so what happened was in uh, late 2017, early 2018, a couple of managers came to me and said, we want to implement this. Hmm. Can you do it? And I just said, yes. Yeah, yeah. And from there, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a, you know, grab and go. Like a business unit came in, what do we got to do for it? What can we do to gear this up? And as we kept going along with these business units, what more do we need? What more can we change? Where do we get more streamlined with our processes and, mm-hmm. and synergies? And it just kept evolving. And it, it's, it's still evolving to this day. Even in COVID, I just recently had another business unit come into shared services as early as February, February 2020. Wow. Oh, my goodness. It's an interesting time, I'm sure, to, to bring in new, a new business like that. Yeah, it was. So how have you thought about integrating you know, new members of your team kind of into this process? So you kind of you mentioned playing to the various team member strengths, but, you know, the filtration groups active in their you know, M&A strategy. They're active in, in growth. And I'm sure you've you know, had to put hiring, you know, roadmaps together, things like that. So how do you how do you think about integrating new members into the like the various roles that you're that you're kind of you know filling there and, and play to those strengths. It's all dependent upon what's needed at the time of uh, the for the business unit. You know, three or four times a year, me and my county managers are analyzing what's what's happening, what's happening in the world. What, what do we need? You know, what what's what's going on in the departments? You know, there's constant evaluations. It's a big big department. It's all across the United States, mostly centrally housed in Joliet. We do have a couple satellite locations, but it's constant. Continuous improvement is really what it is. And mm-hmm. as we keep improving, where did we gain? Where did we lose? You know, we went forward, we went backward, did it work? And that's just, it's just constant evaluation of what we're going to need. Hmm. Okay. Another thing too that I've noticed is you have, you have a couple of team members that have been there for a, a while and a lot, a lot, we, you know, we obviously work a lot in AP from, from the pick standpoint, but one of the things I see a ton of is like the, just the churn and the employee turnover. So, you know, we've got a lot of accounting managers or, you know, VP level people in the listenership here. So I was just wondering if you have any ideas around what helps keep people in a finance role and maybe even for like yourself, what, what's like, uh, what's like been incentivized to sort of help keep people from churn and maybe attach more to kind of the, the vision of what the company's doing and, and get excited about that? You know, I, I truly believe that if the individuals can embrace change, it's really what keeps them incentivized. You know, we're <laughs> constantly, even even in today's world, we're constantly changing, whether it's a process or, or how you process a journal entry or how you process your AP, it's change. And if you if you can embrace that change, you know, it's it, we keep moving forward. And that's really what, you know, keeps the employees incentivized for us hmm. is that it's not not a come in and I do my AP and I go home. You know, I come in and do my AP. I learn something else. I come in and, you know, I 
fix something or I, I talk with the manager and we, we work on something, you know, there's always a project going on around here trying to work on something. What have you seen as like a, a good way to sort of adapt priorities based off of the business units and, and the direction of the business or, and then, and what do you see as kind of the flow of information there, you know, to, to inform those priorities? I'm sure, you know, like you mentioned, kind of with the corporate structure, you've got information flowing from your business units from the finance side up to corporate and maybe questions flowing back down to help kind of set priorities. What have you seen as like good ways to think about that? For us in shared services, it's, it's all about the month end. It's all about getting the month end done in the allotted time. And in some cases, a little bit sooner because a manager may want to see the data a little bit sooner than we finally report. So mm, it's, yeah. it's all geared towards that month end. And that is really, you know, the more that you can do during the month, the easier it is at month end. The more automation that you can put in, you know, with the, with the QAD and a doc live, the yeah. more that that month end gets that much better, mm. but it's, it's all geared towards that month end. Mm. Okay. And then what's sort of the priority there on, on when, when it comes to reporting, you know, either kind of visibility into employees or how the business units are doing, what, what sort of reports do you look at and what's important there with the month end? So for us, it's, you know, it's, it's definitely the time thing for month end, making sure we're done in a timely fashion. And then there's, you know, there's, there's KPIs along with that, you know, <laughs> days payable outstanding, you know, days inventory outstanding, days sales outstanding, making sure our AR is, is, you know, getting down for collections and that it's the, it's the standard, you know, yeah. KPIs that an accounting department would, would look at. So then kind of gear, you know, you mentioned automation. We talked about, pick, you know, picks and doc live integrating into QAD. You mentioned QAD is one of the more, I guess, to start QAD is one of the more robust solutions that you use there out of the various ERPs. Yes. Yes, okay. it is. What would you say kind of makes that a robust platform in your opinion? The potential that it has and the, the ease of use. I've worked in a lot of systems. Uh, QAD for us, well, for me in general, you know, it, it has a financial module attached with it. So you can get your income statements and your balance sheets right in the same system. You know, there's some systems that are out there that they don't have a financial module attached with it. And there's other systems that are out there that have it, but the reporting is not so good. QAD provides you with all that. And it provides you with a, a customization with browses to get special reports that you want, as well as their standard reports that they have. Hmm. Okay. And then and then you've taken advantage of kind of the integrated solutions and partners within the space, DocLive being one of those. How have you seen that integration be effective for Filtration Group? And what has kind of automation brought you? Yeah, DocLive has been, been very effective. It has brought us, you know, it's, it's a time saver. It reduces paperwork, a lot of paperwork. You know, with everybody working from home right now and with the COVID, the, the paperwork has really been almost eliminated at this point. I know some of my individuals are still printing at home, but it's not as much as they were when they were in the offers prior to DocLive. You know, for with this automation of the AP with DocLive, it it prevented us, well, not prevented us, it, it aided us in stopping printing and multiple, multiple filing. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, at one point, we had a room, just a filing cabinet that was holding, you know, three years worth of AP. We were able to box it all up and put it in storage. And that room became a new office for somebody because we did not need those filing cabinets anymore. Wow. From like a business 
perspective there from from like the reporting side was did it give you any other visibilities that maybe you haven't seen before or was that more along the lines of like the 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 processing itself no it it did give us some visibility because it gave us the visibility to see you know how much processing of ap we're actually doing going through you know workflows it gave us a little bit of reporting to show we can go down to the user and how much of the workflow that they're processing against other users. We can even go down with the reporting and say, you know, to an approver, to an AP approver, who is my bad approver? Who's taking forever to approve their invoices and we can't get them into the system in a timely basis Mm -hmm. and it's creating more work. So it's given us the tools that we wouldn't have had that visibility unless we did it manually with, you know, date stamps on every way along the process. You know, the automation in DocsI was providing us that date stamp within a computer as system environment. Hmm. Do you use any other kind of solutions within the AP process that has kind of helped or do you string together anything else that like bring me through kind of what that looks like and what the play, I call it like a playlist of solutions. You know, they're all related, a little bit different, serve different purposes, but what's kind of that playlist look like for you guys? So right now we only have one. We only have Doc Live working with QAD. We've been in discussions with Doc Live about bringing it to our other systems, but as we look at our other systems, it, we just don't know if it has the capability of working with it. Um, in fact, we are in the process right now of moving some business units to QAD, mm-hmm. and the functionality of Doc Live is is because Doc Live is already here and they fall within one of our domains of the system of QAD. It just grabs the information without any further enhancements needed, no further programming or anything. It just grabs the information and it's able to be used right away. Hmm. So that could be a part of, I guess, how you, how you bring in a new business unit that's either acquired or, or, you know, under your tutelage, how you bring them into kind of the standardized process then that, that could be one way that you do that. You think? Correct. And it really helps, you know, gear towards saying that we got to go to QAD for some of these old systems, if it's possible, you know, it's, it's not always possible, but it's because of that ease of use between the two, the two components, it, it's a very nice synergy between the two. What's kind of the, the future hold there for filtration group or in, and your team there, what's kind of the, on the docket as far as priorities and kind of your goals upcoming here? Really, there's there's no goal. The whole goal is to get everybody back to the office, to be honest, mm, in yeah. this COVID world. Um, yeah. I first need to get everybody back, and then we can really start looking forward. We were working on some for the year, but yeah. it's really put a hold on everything. Yeah, I hear that. I appreciate your time and getting interviewed on the podcast here is, is I appreciate also you're one of the first actual users of doc lab that we've had on the, the call on the podcast. So we definitely geared this conversation around that, which is good. Anything else as far as like best practices or tactics that you've kind of gleaned around using QAD that, you know, you think might be helpful for people to consider? You know, I just, it's, you know, best practice wise, it's, it's really, it's just a standardization, you know, across, you know, here we use multiple domains in QAD. So I've, every location has its own domain, whether it's, you know, the HVAC to Canada or, or something like that. So, but standardizing the practices across those domains, that is where it's most important because you can have one or two individuals doing the accounting work for four or five entities because it's standardized. You know, the accounts are standardized. The only thing that really changes is your cost centers and maybe your sites or whatever. But standardizing across everywhere, that's most important. 
Have you had any challenges with suppliers kind of adapting to a standard process? Because a lot of times I hear like, well, I mean, for this supplier, we have to do this. And for, you know, this supplier, we process freight in this way and kind of those unique one-offs. How do you handle some of those things? There's always going to be that unique one-off, but we don't we don't try and manage to the exceptions is what we what we call it. We the exceptions are exceptions. We manage to the norm and we deal with the exceptions. And how we deal with it is through communication. If you you know you're working in one domain and they treat their freight for this supplier this way, it's known to the group whoever is processing you know AP or that in Doc Live and QAD. The group knows, so if they have to go in, they know exactly how to process it. It's all about communication, but we won't. I don't manage the exceptions. I'll be honest with you. I manage the norms. Yeah. Well, that's a good way to think about it because sometimes I think people can be um, kind of heads down like this is the way that it has to be sort of thing as well with those exceptions and and get caught up like, well, we have to we have to account for every little exception instead of, man- like you said, managing to the norms. And then just handling those things as they come up. Have you seen that that's been kind of enabling the shared service, you know, managing to the norm? It's definitely helped us move forward and at a faster pace. There was definitely times when I've heard, you know, well, this is the way we've always done it. And, you know, that's the worst phrase in the business language that, you know, (laughs) we've always done it doesn't mean it was right. Doesn't mean it was wrong, but it also doesn't mean that it doesn't need to change as well. Hmm. But it has. You know, just dealing with an exception and moving on, it has got us to move forward and faster and process in a more timely fashion. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate that, Anthony. Thanks for the insights here. Excited to to continue our conversations, obviously, around uh, PICS and, and Doc Lab and QAD. And I'm assuming you'd be open to, to talking with anybody who may want to hear about kind of some of the different areas, especially around the shared service you know, the, that model, I know there's a ton of QAD customers that are either it's, it's in their mind or they're kind of thinking about it. And I think what you said about the exceptions is, is from what I've heard, the primary reason for people not to kind of go for it. So appreciate your uh, insights there. And I'm sure people will, uh, will appreciate that as well. Thanks again for tuning in today, everyone. To keep up with our series, make sure you go and subscribe to the QAD Customer Podcast. For those of you kind enough to also leave a review of our podcast, I will be sending out a series of $25 Amazon gift cards. So make sure you head over to whatever platform you consume podcasts and leave a review. Thank you all. Until next time.